Welcome to another episode of Binge Eating to Food Freedom with me, Katie Papo. If you're ready for genuine and lasting freedom from binge eating, emotional eating, or out of control food issues, you are in the right place. Subscribe, follow, and enjoy the episode. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Binge Eating to Food Freedom. I am Katie Papo. Today's topic is proof that self-control is not your problem. It is not the reason why you cannot stop binging. And I'm going to go into two lines of thinking in this episode. So to hopefully help you understand why this is not the problem, because once you realize why self-control is not the issue for you, then you can focus on what actually is and be, make a lot more headway in actually getting rid of this problem once and for all. So we're gonna dive into that in a second. Um, say hello if you're here. I did not announce that I was going live today, so we'll see who shows up. I see somebody's here. Let me know you're here, you can hear me, say hello. Okay, oh, and here's the other thing I wanted to say. I just started using Instagram <laughs> and TikTok as well. So I know I'm a bit late to the party. Before I was pretty much just using Instagram as a storage space for some client wins. But um, I'm jumping on the bandwagon. What do we, you know, the things we must do, right? Social media, that's where the people are. So if only you guys could live with me in my home. Um, you'll hear my rants all the time. <laughs> okay, so let's start. Let's start with proof that your self-control is not your problem. Feel free uh, when this is over. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok if you're on there too. We can be friends. Okay, so let's go into the first line of thinking here. If we're going to see, all right, is self-control the actual problem? Because in reality, this is probably the biggest misconception that I actually see. I often ask people, why do you believe your past efforts haven't worked for you? Assuming that you've made a lot of past efforts, right? Probably tried dieting. You probably tried meal plans, nutritionists, doctors. Um, who knows? Usually people come with a very long list of things that they've tried over a number of years, possibly even decades. And oftentimes when I ask that question, why do you believe your past efforts haven't worked for you? The answer that I hear back is, I don't have any self-control. I lack discipline. I lack willpower. I lack, even if I'm, if, even if I have it in other areas of my life, even if I can actually, even if I'm quite successful in other areas of my life, food is the one area. I do not have self-control. I do not have willpower. I do not have discipline. So this is about why this is not true. <laughs> okay. So here's the first reason. So the first reason, pardon me for looking down. I just took a couple notes. So the first reason is let's think back to when you first started on this journey, right? You probably started, I'd say 90% of the people who I talked to, their food issues kind of started around the, the time they first started dieting. Now think back to that time. Maybe it was your first diet, first meal plan, first Weight Watchers, whatever it was. Think back to that. It might have just been food rules. Now, what happened? You set some kind of goal for yourself. Maybe it was to stay on a certain plan. Maybe it was to abstain from certain foods. Maybe it was to stay within a calorie range. Um, basically, it was about restricting in some way, which is what my guess would be. Some kind of, oops, there goes my speaker some kind of restriction, some kind of effort toward abstinence, um, 
or rule following. So if that's the case, right, think back to your first one, your first example of this. And how long were you able to last, right? Your first time, not now, but your first time, right? I would say most people, when they actually think back to this time, they're like, oh yeah, I was able to stick to that for, you know, a month or six months or even a year. Uh, some people with their first one, maybe that you actually at some point did achieve some court, some kind of dramatic weight loss, uh, stuck with a meal plan for a long time. Maybe you were in good shape. Maybe uh, you, you felt really good about it that first time. Then something happened, right? Something happened that hijacked your brain and you fell off of the wagon, so to speak. And then you, things started going in the opposite direction. Maybe you started binging, the pounds started creeping back on. You started feeling worse about yourself because you're now, it's not only that this is happening, but you're undoing all of this hard work that you'd worked for before. So what happens? We eventually reach that breaking point of, all right, enough is enough. I've gotten out of control, right? This is where we think the self-control plays in. So we say, all right, now I really need to have self-control. I'm going to get back on this plan. I'm going to focus and I'm going to do it. So we rile ourselves up. We get the motivation. We go back on the plan. Stick with it for some amount of time, maybe as long as the first time even, maybe a little bit less. And then what happens? Same story, right? Can't stick with the rules. Can't stick with the plan. There's a slip. There's a fall off the wagon. And then it starts to spiral down feels out of control again, totally out of control around eating. It's like I had one thing, it opened the floodgates. Now weight is coming back on again. I'm even more discouraged because now this is the second time that this is happening. All this time, you are reinforcing this idea of, oh, I have no self-control. I'm just trying to stick with this plan, but I have no self-control. I have no self-control. Now, if you were to continue on this path, for a year, two years, five years, 10 years. I know some of you listening, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. We had a, we have a woman in our program now, 70 years that she was in this cycle. So let's say this is the case. Now, every time you get on, you try to stick with a plan again or follow a set of food rules, what happens? Now it's like you're discouraged before you even start because you know, you've seen it before. You have a whole history of every time that I've tried to stick with a plan, I fall apart. Even if it goes really well in the beginning, something goes wrong. I slip. It all spirals to hell. I gain all the weight back and the cycle. Here we go again. So here's what happens though. And here's why this isn't really about self-control, even though it totally seems like it is. And I personally can raise my hand and say, I was convinced when I was binge eating that my problem was lack of self-control and all I needed was more discipline. And I did all kinds of things to gain discipline. I even went to live with monks. That's how much I thought my problem with food was discipline. Um, and it's not to say we couldn't all use some discipline in some areas, but the point is, is this really the thing that would make the difference? Because what I found is if you were able to stick with that diet in the first place, right? and you were able to go that first length of time, right? You do have self-control, obviously. Anyone who's been able to lose a substantial amount of weight, especially if you've done that now multiple times, chances are you actually have more self-control than most people. Most people cannot stick with something that rigid for that long 
or do it as many times. For those of you who have done diets, you know, 10 times, 20 times, you have more self-control than for sure the average person. But here's the thing is when we focus on restriction-based methods to stop binges, we are actually working actively against ourselves. And here's why. Here's the cycle. First, what happens is we have the restriction. This is how it works psychologically. I'm talking from a psychological standpoint. Then we'll talk biology. From a psychological standpoint, you put the restriction there, whether it's a food rule, calorie restriction, macros, can't have this, can't have that, must stick with this meal plan. There's some kind of restriction-based protocol. So what happens? We put that there. We're motivated for some time. Then because we're so fixated on what not to do and what we can't have, then we start to really want that, right? If I said to you, hey, we're going to go on a diet tomorrow. You can have anything you want except for chocolate. And it starts tomorrow at 7 a.m. You're going to be like, oh, well, so hey, I'm going to go out and get some chocolate then if I can't have it starting tomorrow, right? You might have not even been thinking of chocolate, but because I just said you can't have it until you can't have it um, starting 7 a.m. tomorrow, of course, we're all going to go out and get chocolate today, right? This is a normal human pattern. It is not unique to you. It does not mean something's wrong with you or that you lack any sign of, sign of, sign of self-control. What it means is that you are a human being with normal psychology, okay? This is not a disorder. This is normal psychological behavior. When you are told you can't have something specifically, then, and then we're like, oh, now I want that one thing. So now what happens, you start obsessing about that one thing. You, keep, you can't stop thinking about it. Um, even if you get really obsessed, this might be what we call a trigger food, right? Where you can't, you, you just, it's the kind of food that you feel like, oh my God, that's the food I really have no self-control over because you've been obsessing over it so much. So the more you obsess, the more you obsess, eventually, right? Anybody, any human would be like, all right, my willpower is depleted, right? Willpower is finite, especially if we continue exhausting it like this. My willpower is depleted. Let me just give in. I need to have this one thing. So then we let ourselves have the thing, right? And then, of course, it probably turns into a binge because we've been restricting so much. And every action has an equal and opposite reaction, right? So if I'm restricting, 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 what happens when I swing to the other extreme? Binge, binge, binge. Again, normal human psychology. Not unique to you. This happens with everyone. This is why, right? This is not, a, this is not disordered behavior, right? This is, this is what happens to anyone when they are restricted. So what happens now, right, is we feel like crap after we binge, not just physically, but it's the shame. It's the guilt. I tried so hard. I can't believe I gave in. I feel like crap now. It wasn't even worth it. I feel like such a failure. All this slew of negative feelings come up. And what happens when we feel those negative feelings? Up. Ah, now it's time to really get back on the wagon. Now we've got to get back on the wagon because if I don't, right, this is going to be totally out of control. I have to really stick with the rules, maybe even stricter rules this time because clearly the old rules didn't work. So now I have to be even stricter, get a stricter plan, maybe I'll fast, maybe I'll blah, 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 blah. So now we're back to the top of that circle, back of that cycle with the restrictions new restrictions, new obsessions, new rules, and the cycle continues and continues and continues. That's the psychological piece. Okay. So essentially what happens is every time you try to exert self-control around that thing, we think, oh, the problem is actually self-control. That's why I can't stop eating. In reality, 
when we're trying to rely so much on willpower to not eat and we're setting these restrictive rules that genuinely feel like deprivation to us and to the body as well, which is the biological piece because the body actually is going through um, a starvation process and cannot tell the difference what is on purpose, what is by accident, right? That's the biology piece. There's more to that that I give in my trainings, but I won't go into it here. We have a limited amount of time. Um, but the idea is, okay, the cell, you're basically, you have your psychology working against you, you have your biology working against you, and you're blaming your self-control because it cannot fight human psychology and human biology, right? That is not a self-control issue. This is you trying to put out a fire by pouring gasoline on it again and again, and you keep pouring gasoline and you keep pouring gasoline. You're like, why is this fire getting bigger? Why won't this fire go out? I keep pouring all kinds of gasoline. I poured this brand of gasoline and this brand of gasoline, right? I did this diet. I did that diet. Why is nothing working? Why does this fire keep getting bigger? It's going to burn me alive and consume me. This is how an eating disorder is created right? This is not a self-control issue. This is a poor strategy issue. When we keep restricting ourselves and restricting ourselves beyond, you know, this normal human ability, right? Especially if you've been dieting for decades, right? This is beyond. You have more, if you've, if you're still here, my God, hats off to you. You have more self-control than 90% of people on this earth. I know it feels like you have the least because it's where you want to have it the most and you just want to control your eating. But here's the second line of thinking that I want you to think about. A lot of people say, I want to have a healthy relationship with food. When I ask them, hey, what's the goal here? Like, what do you really want? I want to have a, cell, a healthy relationship with food so that way this part of my life is peaceful and now I can focus on my effort on other things that I care about, like my family and my friends and my passions and my career and I, my children and I can put all my energy into those things instead of being constantly consumed by food all the time. That's why I want a healthy relationship with food. So let me ask you a question. In what world... Do we create healthy relationships by trying to control, by trying to control others, right? Look at any other relationship. What happens, right, when you try to obsessively control your children <laughs> and you get super strict and you make them follow all these rules and there's no wiggle room, there's no room for mistake, just like you do with a diet, right? Just like you do with a plan. There is no room for mistake. What if you were to treat your children like that? What happens, speaking as a formal, former rebellious child, right? What happens? You rebel. Of course you rebel. If you had, um, you know, if you grew up in an authoritarian household like that, where you felt like you had to follow all these rules and you had to be perfect all the time or you were going to get in trouble or whatever, right? Now you've developed some kind of inner authoritarian voice, right, that you are actively rebelling against. Right. That's part of that same psychology. But in what world does a healthy relationship manifest when it's completely based on control and rule following? Right. How how wouldn't it be perhaps more productive? Right. In, in let's say a relationship with, let's say, your children. Right. To practice things like listening. Right. Paying attention to how they feel, what would be supportive to them case by case having a conversation, having a dialogue, right? And then basing uh, 
what needs to ha happen on what they actually need and what would really serve them. Whereas with food, what do we do? We do the exact opposite. Not only do we not listen, but we actually, when the body is screaming for help, whether it's too full or it's too hungry, we actually override body signals. Not only do we, do we not listen, we override. So it's like a child screaming for help and you're just like, no, follow the rules, right? How can we possibly create a healthy relationship with food, create a healthy relationship with our bodies when all we are is this authoritarian figure saying, shut up, listen to me, I control you, right? I control you. I'm trying to get your weight down to a very specific number by this time. You listen to me. You do not get to eat these foods. You can only eat this foods and you can only eat this amount. Listen to me. Like how harsh does that feel to the body when the body ultimately is very wise and very um, can take care of itself very well without our help, but we're imposing these ideas from this place of control. Why do we control? Because it's a lack of trust, right? That's why we, that's why in relationships, human relationships too, that's why we try to control, right? When we don't trust, right? If I think that Shahar's cheating on me, right? I'm going to try to put these rules on him. You got to be home by 9 p.m. You got to tell me where you are. You got to text me. You got to have your phone on the location setting so I can always see where you are at any time, right? What's going to happen? I'm pushing him away from me. I'm creating a distance between us because there's no trust. There's no listening. It's just me imposing control and rules on him because I feel like he cannot be trusted. And ultimately, this is what we are doing to our bodies, right? We say, you cannot be trusted. You have betrayed me. Therefore, I am going to control you now. And you must follow these rules, these food rules, stay within these parameters or else it's all going to go to hell. But ultimately, is that the recipe for a sustainable relationship? Right? Is self-control the real answer for a long-term healthy relationship? whether it's with another person or with yourself or with food. What is the recipe for a long-term healthy relationship? Proper communication, which includes listening. What happens if we listen to our bodies instead of pushing it past capacity? Then the body's actually capable of healing, right? The body's actually capable of reaching its happy equilibrium where it's not in constant survival state, worried that it's gonna be starved or stuffed. It can feel safe to release weight, right? If the body doesn't know when the next starvation diet's coming, it's just gonna hold on to weight for dear life. That's what the body's supposed to do. There's nothing wrong with you. It's not about self-control. The body is acting normally as anybody would act in that situation. This is what I would call a toxic or even an abusive relationship. And this is the relationship that I see most people who are struggling with disordered eating in some capacity, whether it's binge eating, bulimia, you know, out of control food issues, compulsive overeating, emotional eating, whatever you call it, doesn't matter the label. We know what it is. We know what it looks like. This is what I see. I see a toxic relationship with themselves, with food and if you want a healthy relationship, it's not just about exerting more self-control. It is about learning deep listening. So when those body signals do come up, 
we're not actively overriding them or numb to them or completely unaware of them. Instead, we are listening. And now what happens in a positive, healthy relationship? Now you're working together as a team. Think about your best relationships in your life, right? You work together as a team. The relationship is not healthy because one of you controls the other really well, <laughs> right? They're healthy because you work together and you're a solid team. So that is the work. If you really want genuine, lasting healing from disordered eating so you can live that life of freedom where food is a non-issue and you can just focus on the things that serve you best and you have a healthy, happy relationship with food in your body, you will not get there by way of more control. You will get there by way of principles of actual strong communication and relationship principles. These are the things that we teach in Rewired Eating. That's our 12-week signature program where we help people get out of binge eating, years, cycles of decades of binge eating, emotional eating, out-of-control food issues, bulimia, all those things to a place where you are free. You can eat out at restaurants, focus on the company instead of the calories, right? Where you can wake up in the morning feeling light and energized and focus on yourself and your family instead of worrying about how many calories are in this uh breakfast cereal? Is it too many carbs, right? You can move throughout your day, not even thinking about if you're going to binge later. If you have time at home alone, you're actually going to look forward to that time as quality rather than a time to just be alone so you can finally binge. It's a very different world when your relationship with food is free, right? When you, when there, that trust is there and that trust is something that can be built again, even if it's been a long time. And you don't know if you even have body signals anymore. Believe me that we've had plenty of people who've been dealing with this for 30 years, 40 years, 50 years who are like, I don't even know if I have body signals. They are there. <laughs> I've never met a person where they weren't there. You are still a human being. They are access. You've just been overriding them for a long time. And in that rewiring process, you can start re-listening to them. And that is how you and your body can trust each other. It is not just about you learning to trust your body. It is about your body learning to trust you. And that's what we help people do. So feel free to tune in for the next episode. Follow me on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, uh, all the channels. I'm on pretty much all of them now. Um, and if you're interested in our uh, rewired eating program, our 12-week signature program, we can get you these kinds of results. Feel free to reach out um, and we'll help you with that. All right, guys. Talk to you very soon. See you on the next episode.